Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. Hello everyone, it's Rob here, the producer of the Witch Investigates podcast, and I'm here to tell you about a brand new podcast from us here at Witch, which we think you're really going to enjoy. Now it's called Witch Shorts, we're going to have new episodes every single Wednesday, and the podcast brings you the very best journalism from across Witch, available for you to listen to wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And we know that you, the Witch Investigates listeners, are really going to enjoy the podcast, so we thought we'd bring you the very first episode to give you a taste of what you can expect from this new podcast from us at Witch. Now, if you like what you're about to hear, don't forget to find it wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and give us a rating and a review as well. But without further ado, here is the very first episode of Witch Shorts. Hello and welcome to the Witch Shorts podcast. In this brand new podcast, we'll be bringing you the very best articles from across witch.co.uk and our suite of magazines. And we know you're busy, so with Witch Shorts, we're giving you the chance to listen to our insightful journalism wherever you might be, whether that's at home or on the move. Witch is the UK's consumer champion, and with the help of our team of experts, we bring you the very best advice, not only to help inform your buying choices, but also to help you live better and get more for your money. Now, this is our first episode, so if you like it, then please do remember to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And we'd also love it if you'd leave a review and a rating too, wherever you're listening. This week, we're hearing about the metaverse and how virtual reality goggles and holograms that travel effortlessly are just part of the digital universe that Facebook and others are planning to build. This article was written by Chris Stokel-Walker, but to read it for us, I'll hand you over to witches Harry Kind and Grace Farrell. Facebook has become an essential part of many of our digital lives. From its core website and app, which allows us to share elements of our lives with friends, to Portal, designed for group calls, and WhatsApp, which keeps many of us in touch, there are a few places that Facebook doesn't reach. But in October, around the same time it came under repeated criticism for its negative impact on society as a result of the apps it owns, Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram, the parent company made a bold announcement. It was to be renamed Meta and it unveiled plans for what it calls the Metaverse with the hope that a billion of us will end up in it by the end of the decade. Right now, our brand is so tightly linked to one product that it can't possibly represent everything that we're doing today, let alone in the future, Meta founder Mark Zuckerberg said, explaining the name change and revealing its plans for the metaverse. Over time, I hope that we are seen as a metaverse company. 
But what is the metaverse? Why is Facebook willing to bet its name and future business on something so few of us have heard of? What solutions to existing problems does the metaverse solve, and does it come with issues of its own? In Mark Zuckerberg's vision for our collective future, our public lives will be lived increasingly in the metaverse. We'll go to work in the metaverse, and to the pub in the metaverse. We'll go shopping in the metaverse. It will act as a parallel digital universe we inhabit, a supplement to our current society. In this future, you will be able to teleport instantly as a hologram to be at the office without a commute, at a concert with friends, or in your parents' living room to catch up, Zuckerberg told shareholders. The metaverse is a virtual reality-enabled universe, probably best compared with an immersive game like The Sims, where you control an avatar in a lifelike virtual environment. To enter the metaverse, you'll slip on a pair of virtual reality goggles, made by Oculus, bought by Facebook in 2014. You'll blink and see the virtual world before your eyes. While the idea is a massive immersive universe, the reality at present is something more prosaic, just as it has been in years past. It's only now that the technology has started to catch up with the concept. Web 1.0 connected information together and you've got the internet, says Kathy Hackle, a tech futurist. Then, in Web 2.0, we connected people through the sharing economy and social media. The metaverse is the advent of Web 3.0, where people and places become spaces and assets, and are enclosed in a fully virtual environment. Much of the attention is on the virtual environment being developed by Meta. The loudest voices at the moment are those of people like Zuckerberg, who are very tech-utopian in the way they're talking says Nick Kelly, Senior Lecturer in Interaction Design at Queensland University of Technology. They're like, look, this is great technology, and look at how it will change our lives. Microsoft has its own version of the metaverse, with cartoonish avatars. You'll slip on a pair of virtual reality goggles, blink, and see the virtual world. The metaverse itself isn't a new concept either. First coined in a 1992 novel, we have had previous attempts to drag us into an immersive digital world. The metaverse is not one company, says Hackle, and it's not one technology. It's enabled by many different technologies, like AR, augmented reality, and VR, virtual reality, which everyone talks about. Blockchain is also obviously very important for digital ownership of digital assets. And while it had a significant following for those who logged on and took part in that world, it never became a perfect replacement for, or augmentation to, real life. Nearly 20 years ago, a video game called Second Life promised just that, another existence in which you could live as a virtual avatar, exploring a computer-generated world and making friends. Second Life was, upon its release in 2003, fated in much the same way the metaverse of 2021 and beyond was. But Zuckerberg isn't the only player in shaping the future. Microsoft, which develops the Windows operating system and video conferencing apps such as Teams, has its own version of the metaverse. Here, cartoonish avatars communicate with each other and they're just the start of the metaverse revolution. Other games have also tried to do something similar to Second Life. Perhaps the most successful is Roblox, a game that might be familiar to readers via their children or grandchildren. 
Some 47 million people log on to Roblox every day, many of them children, where they play games in an immersive digital cartoon world. If the starry-eyed visionaries who foresee a world in which we live in the metaverse get their way, we'll need the blockchains, which are unchangeable records of digital transactions as they take place, so that we can be sure people are able to own properties, businesses and items within the metaverse. Over time, should the dream become a reality, you could bank and buy in the metaverse, as well as work and get paid. That means there's a need for extra security and traceability, which some say a blockchain provides. Meta, as the company behind Facebook, is perhaps best placed to make the metaverse dream a reality. But its close involvement with the concept has some worried. Is Meta going to simply provide the tools rather than be the gatekeeper? I doubt that they would relinquish anything that would compromise their position as the definitive advertisement provider of the metaverse, for instance, says Max von Cleek of the University of Oxford. Meta's central role in the plans for the metaverse could be the thing that makes it become a reality, while also being the factor that worries metaverse watchers the most. The company's history of using data about users for its own money-making means, and the way it has made itself central to the current generation of the internet, leaves some people sceptical about how beneficial its plans for the metaverse could be. There are other issues too. As with any new platform or social media app, there are concerns about the extent to which crime and addiction can take hold. Over decades past, we've said people will become addicted to television, to games and so on, says Steve Benford, Professor of Computer Science at the University of Nottingham. Could the same be the case for the metaverse? Those building the metaverse would probably prefer that we didn't ever leave. By design, the metaverse is meant to be immersive. But concerns have already been raised about wayward world within Roblox. There have been scare stories about people's avatars logging onto a world within the game platform where virtual sex parties are held. That's an issue, given its young users. So, there are obvious worries about the rise of crime in the metaverse. While Meta's chief technology officer has said the company wants its metaverse to have almost Disney levels of safety, he has admitted that it would be practically impossible to police every moment of every user's life in the metaverse. Perhaps the more fundamental question is simply whether it's ever going to live up to the hype. Zuckerberg's plan to build a billion-strong world in which we live large parts of, if not all, our lives by the end of the decade is certainly a bold one. But is it in any way realistic? So far, the attempts to create a new virtual world haven't got beyond the point of building a small but committed population. However, technology has moved on since 2003, when Second Life was released. Today, we have powerful computers in our pockets and on our desks. Linden Lab, the company behind Second Life, was also nowhere near as well-funded or ubiquitous as Meta. Meta's cash reserves and talented pool of employees means that it's better placed than anyone else so far to make the Metaverse dream a reality. You couldn't generate a better confluence of factors in its favour than exists today. One of the world's biggest tech companies with near limitlessly deep pockets is backing a vision of the future. It has the experience and expertise 
as well as the company, Oculus, whose virtual reality headset can help to open the portal into the metaverse. And yet, the metaverse is unlikely to happen in the next 10 or even 20 years. It's clear that humans still prefer the personal touch. Meanwhile, Facebook's chequered history in intervening in our lives in the past means we're likely to think twice before slipping on our virtual reality headsets and entering the metaverse. So that's it for the first episode of Witch Shorts. And thank you to Grace and Harry, and thanks, of course, too, to Chris Stokel-Walker, the witch journalist behind that original piece of writing. Remember, you can find more articles that you'll find useful every day on everything from cars and technology to home and garden advice by signing up to one of our many free newsletters. You can do that at witch.co.uk forward slash newsletters. We'll be back next week for another Witch Shorts. Thanks for listening. Which Shorts was produced by me, Rob Lilly, while the exec producer was Angus Farker.